Broadcasting from Little Hampton, UK, this is the Man Up Podcast. From Sorted Magazine, official sponsor, staggerversary.co.uk. Loading in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So this is Steve Legg on the Sorted Magazine Man Up Podcast. It's great to have you with us. On today's belting show, we hear from Governor B, a double MOBO award-winning grime rap artist. Plus, I also natter with one of the UK's most successful car salesmen, Mark Mitchell. It's an eclectic mix for sure, but there's something for everyone here. It really is a cracker, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show and tell your friends. Hi, this is Lieutenant Colombo, and you are listening to the Man Up Podcast. The most fun you can have without a cigar and a trench coat. All right, I think I've bothered you enough for today. I'll let you go on and listen. Oh, oh, and just one more thing. Enjoy the show. First up, it's the fabulous Governor B, the first rapper in UK history to top the official Christian and Gospel album charts. He shared stages with the likes of Tiny Temper, Wretch 32, Kirk Franklin and Lecrae, and lots of other guys I've never heard of. Sorted Man Up Podcast. These guys are great. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. However, not as good as America will be when I am done with it. Well, would you believe it? Here we are in my yard, which I think is the <laughs> correct term. Am I right, my friend? You're doing well there, mate. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> in my house. It's not very urban. We're in Rustington having a drink. We have the one and only, the multi-award winning, record-breaking rap artist from London. It's only Governor B... Thanks for having me. Like Steve, right in the afternoon there. Good to be here. How are you? I'm good. Um, I've got a train here today. I went to a station that I've never heard of Arundel? in my life. No, Alba uh, something. Oh, Angmering. Angmering. That's Do you know what? Way. It's really funny. You should struggle with that. I've got a friend Joe from London yeah. who cannot say Angmering. <laughs> Angmering. That's it. Angmering. I've never heard of that place in my life. Well, you have now, mate. I so. Now. Uh, Lovely to see you. What should I call you? Should I call you Governor? Governor B? Hello, so, mate? How it works is, if you're under 18, they yeah. normally call me Governor B. Love it. If you're like maybe under 30, you might just go Gov, something like yeah. that. And if you're above 30, you might just call me Isaac, which is what my mother calls me, because that's the name she if gave me. If you're in me. trouble. If I'm in trouble. Um, but yeah, call me what you want. Well, as you can see, I'm in my late 20s. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> very late 20s. <laughs> <laughs> lovely to see you mate thank you for coming no worries at all now it's funny you should do talk about your mum calling you Isaac uh, I've obviously seen you perform before love yeah. the music thanks uh, it's not, I'm more of a Neil Diamond man to be honest Jeez. with you yeah but, my father and uh, I would love you but Neil Diamond's cool yeah. 50 years in show business this year he's doing well that is he? respect isn't it yeah yeah. I just saw um, oh, what's his name a jazz artist George Benson right oh yeah He's pretty old and he's still going, man. He's an amazing show. I tell you, there's something about longevity, isn't yeah. there? There really is. It says it says an awful lot. Mm. I've seen you perform, last time I saw you down here, Big Church Day Out, 2016. Yeah. It's fabulous. But the other day, funny enough, it was Big Church Day Out weekend. I was up in the north. I was gigging up there. I was in a hotel, staying over Sunday morning, Pentecost yeah. Sunday. Oh, yeah. Turn on the telly. <laughs> Who should I see? But Governor B, the yeah. man. <laughs> In, uh, in the, but it's the Archbishop of Canterbury yeah. interviewing you on BBC One. What on earth was that about? Yeah, but he called you Isaac. He called me Isaac, man. He wasn't having it at all. He didn't even <laughs> ask me what you prefer to be called. But it's the Archbishop, man. What can you do? You just let him do what he wants. Yeah, he's the man. <laughs> what was that about? Um, so it's Pentecost Sunday. Um, they kind of want to give a more wholesome representation of the church. And he was like, look, 
we've been doing stuff a bit old school at the moment. We want to bring some fresh blood in. How do you fancy doing some some rap verses during the set? So um, I joined Matt Redman and Tim Hughes, and it was pretty cool, man. Really enjoyed it. And you kept your hat on in church. Kept my hat on. Oh, it's funny you should say that. Actually, what so, do your mum uh, make of that? My mum, she's kind of used to it. She's still trying to get me to wear a suit on stage when I perform. And I'm like, mum, like, what rappers have you seen wear suits on stage to perform? But I think she's kind of given up and just let me be me. So tell us something about your story, Isaac. Um, So my parents came over to London from Ghana in their early 20s um, in search of a better life, more opportunities and that kind of stuff. Um, and then they had me and my younger brother, who's six years younger than me, and we were raised on a council estate in Canningtown, East London, um, which is why I'm a West Ham United fan. Um, okay. Which is probably one of the most important things I'll say. In it was this an podcast. okay season, wasn't it? In the end, uh, let's not shaky, talk about it. That. Was shaky start. It was all right in the end, wasn't it? Shaky start, shaky finish, <laughs> and somehow you were safe. to survive. Yeah, we'll see what happens next season. Because I'm a Brighton fan, so... Ah, oh, you've done amazing, mate. Incredible, we deserve it. Happy days, hopefully you stay there for a couple of seasons. Well, I would hope so. I mean, it's so exciting on the south coast now. So you've got, yeah. Brighton, you've got Bournemouth, yeah. who've done amazing. You're doing well. Uh, all we need is Portsmouth to pick up a little bit. And Portsmouth were all right last season. A lot of Christian men yeah. at Portsmouth. Yeah. Amazing Christian traditions there. Yeah, when... Um Limvoy Primus. Limvoy's a good pal of ours, yeah. yeah. he's a legend. Um, it's good for away days, because you can go to nice places with beaches and stuff. Well, absolutely. As yeah. you've discovered. You've been coming to Angmering again. Angmering. And I'll pick you up, we'll take you to Brighton. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we grew up in um, East London. Uh, my family were Christian, but I wasn't really a Christian myself. I just went to church because I had to, basically. Um, and everyone I spoke to that was a Christian, I just found like pretty weird. So, like, you'd ask them something, like, oh, how's it going? You all right? And they'd be like, oh, wow, the grace of the Lord, I'm blessed yeah. and highly favoured. Or I just didn't get it, right? So you need a dictionary to understand <laughs> exactly. some of this slang, don't you? Which is, I just wanted to have a normal conversation with yeah. someone, you know? But it was one of those churches, which I have nothing against. They've got their own style and stuff, but it just wasn't for me. Um, and I found that every time I was on my estate or at school, I was being pulled in a completely different direction to when I was at church or with my family. So I guess my teenage years was a bit of a struggle to know who I was and what I stood for. Um, In year 10, when I was about 15, one of my close friends got struck by lightning um, in the playground while we were playing football. Um, We all kind of went to the floor, staggered to my feet after about 10 to 15 seconds and realised that um, his name's Izzy. He was just lying flat on the floor. Um, So he went to hospital and we put in intensive care for a few months because he couldn't breathe by himself. And I found myself in that situation just praying a lot. And yeah. I was like, why am I praying? Like, I don't even know if I believe in God, but I just always had this feeling that he was with me. Um, and eventually my friend got healed and I just had like this really divine moment that I believed that God did that. Wow. And since then, I've said to God, I'm going to live for you and become a Christian. And the rest is history, as they say. And you've never looked back? Never looked back. Now, don't get me wrong, a a few people become Christians and they're just like, right, switch, I'm Mr. Perfect. For me, it's been more of a gradual journey, dropping some stuff, learning about myself, trying to learn from mistakes. And yeah, I've never looked back. It's just been one consistent 30 mile an hour trip to my destination, wherever that is. Healthy friendships are important. Friends who listen, laugh, challenge and offer sound counsel. Who has time for that? We do! Why not have a stagiversary? 
Unite both old and new friends over a day, weekend or even longer. But this time round, you set the agenda. At Stagiversary, we believe in fun and adventure. But most of all, helping you to create space to rest, refuel and reconnect with the important people in your life. What are you waiting for? Visit staggiversary.co.uk, inquire within and let us do the rest. So on a road trip to Chester, I popped in to see my old pal Mark Mitchell, who has one of the biggest car dealerships in the UK, selling Toyota, Skoda and Lexus. He's a smart guy and there's always stuff you can learn from him. And would you believe it, he didn't even try to sell me a car this time. Well, it's a fabulous day in Cheshire today. Are we in Cheshire? We are, Steve. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> and the west, western boundary of Cheshire. It is, because I know we're in Chester, but Chester is Cheshire, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm here in a particularly fine orangery. It's not really an extension, is it? It is an orangery. It's not orangery. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. With my friend Mark Mitchell. Um, and I suppose if I was to describe you in one word... I mean, second-hand car salesman doesn't quite do it, does it? You think of Arthur Daly and um, the car lot and a camel skin coat and a cigar. Mark is nothing like that. Mark, tell us about your dealership. Because I often call it a garage, don't I? No, don't go there, you, Steve. It's, it's not, not a, garage. a garage. It's definitely a dealership. Tell us about your dealership. Well, it's a group of dealerships, Steve, really, because we represent a number of uh, car brands across Cheshire and North Wales. But hey, I'll do second-hand cars if you like. But it is, it is super impressive, isn't it? It is. We've got um, a big location, uh, a big site uh, next to Cheshire Oak Shopping Centre. So for the guys listening around the country, you're thinking Blue Water, you're thinking Metro Centre up in Gateshead, you're thinking um, uh, Meadowhall at Sheffield. Um, we're next to Cheshire Oak Shopping Centre, which has 7 million people a year. Wow. And we bought a five-acre site, which is the same size as five footy pitches. And we've got three car dealerships there. So we represent Lexus, which is our premium brand, uh, Mazda, which is our wacky, fun sports brand, and Skoda, which is our amazingly cool and rapidly expanding brand. I like the, I like the way you, you use the word cool, because I think they're cool. You've sold me five is that over right? the years. I know, yes. I do know. We also have hundreds of thousands of miles, haven't you? Oh, yeah, we also have two Skodas on the go. And they're cool, but 10, 15 years ago, they were not the cool Well, we, we boys all know the jokes, don't we, Steve? Well, we do. But the young kids don't. And the gorgeous young girls that drive our cars don't. So we're trying to, you know, <clears throat> direct the brand towards a really young, youthful, cool demographic of kids, if I can call them kids, in their early, mid-20s, driving Skoda cars. Bright colours, great build, Audi build quality. Uh, real stunning looking cars. Yeah, very, very pleased with ours. Now, we were together at a big event yesterday, and a few people said as you walked by, oh, there's Mark, the hamster guy. What's that about? The hamster guy. Yeah, well, let's talk hamsters, Steve. Because it all started with a hamster. Well, we have to go back a few years, but I think it's really important for any guy to understand what God's given talents are for his life. And, uh, you know, I'm not good at many things, but it turned out I was all right at business. And when I was nine years of age and long before I knew the facts of life and the birds and the bees I put two hamsters in a cage and I turned down the lights really low and I put some very early Graham Kendrick music on <laughs> and uh, amazingly amazingly miracle uh, just 16 days later because that's as you know the gestation period but you know I didn't know that but that is a nice Not bit of trivia people know that bit of trivia uh, there were 10 little hamsters in the cage and I was no animal lover at 10 but I knew I could turn these pesky rodents into cash in the school playground so I was the hamster boy and that's how I started a business career I love business I love commerce I like people uh, I like buying and selling things to be honest and my hamster's my first product wow so how many cars have you sold over the years 
I've sold more cars than other hamsters. Which well, I was going to ask, how many hamsters did you sell? Well, I worked this poor old bird's death, to be honest. had about five litters a year from it and keeled over on a third birthday. And the interbreeding wasn't good, Steve, either. Eyes, ears in the wrong places. Oh, I can imagine. Um, but the cars seem to be a bit of a different quality issue, really. So we do better with cars and hamsters now. So in a nutshell, what would you say the secrets of your success have been? Can you look back oh, at goodness. any particular watershed moments? Goodness... Well, as a Christian guy, I try to do things biblically. So, you know, that defines who I am as a guy. So it means that for me, and I'm not trying to get preachy or speak about other people, but for me, Sunday's a definite day off for us. So all the team, there's 103 of us work together. We all have a Sunday off, and that's really special. And I'm sure people must have said, listen, if you do that, that's a financial disaster. Well, yeah, because you've only got six days a week rather than seven. And the world's going faster and faster. But, you know, for our staff... Uh, you become the employer of choice, tick. Uh, for our customers, you know, they see 21st century lifers going real 24-7 and there's not a lot of time left for family. So, you know, the, the Bible speaks really clearly about how we should develop strong family relationships and all the stuff that life throws at us. But I think having a Sunday off is better than having a Tuesday off when your wife's at work and the kids are at school. So, you know, one guy who started with me last year came to see me month in he said I just want to thank you I said what for the company car he said no not that I said the office environment no the college you've got no he said I've just had my first Sunday roast with my family in seven years oh man isn't that lovely people love the industry hate the hours mm. so I want guys who love the hours and love the industry and a lot of women as well but you know a lot of guys mm. work for us now I've known you for I don't know 15-20 years you have a real attention to detail when you've been walking around as I have I'm a bit OCD and I would notice something if it wasn't quite right or yeah. a tiny little bit of litter and you're picking things up. Do you think that's important? Massively. Because whatever walk of life we're in, and I know, speaking to the guys who read Sorted magazine, you know, we're all doing different jobs and, and it's not just specific to my world of cars, but detail's important. And if you're leading an organisation, it's important you lead from the top and you've got to do everything you expect the teams to do around you. But I want to do it as well, so I like, I like a tidy office. You know, I like a clean car. Um, I think once you get into the world of disorganisation, you know, businesses don't function too well and customers don't respect you the way they want to respect you. And I've noticed things like, it is lots of little things make a big difference, don't they? Like when you buy a car from you every Saturday, you can get it clean for free. Do you know, one of our problems area. is because we don't represent certain brands that break down regularly, um, our German and Japanese built cars are so reliable it could be a year and in Skoda's case it's two years before we see you for a service and you and Mrs Leg walk in and we're struggling to place you human nature can't remember your name so I thought how can we get to a place where we can see our customers more regularly because they don't break down we will not see you in between services and uh, I was out to Los Angeles and I was looking at Alexis business and I asked him the same question and he said oh, that's quite easy you should wash your cars your customers cars every week he did it on Wednesday mm. and the numbers for Lexus are smaller because it's a specialist brand so we do it on a Saturday morning and uh, while I was away at uh, this event a big church day out yesterday with you Steve we washed 197 cars in four hours so there's 15 on the team cleaning and there's four doing hospitality with coffees and donuts upstairs and I've got to say it's nice coffee as well isn't it we spend a ton on coffee what we don't spend on advertising we spend on coffee I'm loving this, Mark. Yeah. Um, finally, what f- three tips would you give for budding entrepreneurs out there? Not necessarily in the car business, but 
people interested in setting up a business, big, small, uh, a ministry, a work. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to in any way advocate recklessly, Steve, because that's unwise. But most fellas go through life and get to the final few chapters, and they say uh, it happens to me regularly. I, I meet guys who are perhaps close to or just retirement. They say, Mark, I wish I'd take more risks in life, and so. Going back to what we talked about earlier, you've really got to understand and get to grips with what talents and gifts God's given you and take a few risks with that. The second thing I'd say is um, look after your people. And if you do end up employing someone or two or three people or, or more than that, um, the, the, the key acid test for how you lead a business is how relationally are with your team. And uh, my wife and I go and visit every newborn baby in the business. Oh, right. We take a kid's Bible, we take a pair of blue barber boots, Wellington boots, or pink ones if it's a girl, because uh, no one gives newborn babies little beautiful boots. And uh, they're all breeding like rabbits, our staff at the moment, Steve. So it was about 14 visits last year. Wow. So look after your people, take care of them, because I'm probably the closest many of my people are going to get to being with a vicar day by day, sure. week by week. And, um, and the third thing I'd probably say is just be confident with what you're doing. And, um, you know, you do need people around you who can cheer you on and encourage you. I've had three special guys who walk through life with me and ask me all those difficult questions, put me on the spot, make me squirm a bit. But they're right to ask me because unless I am quietly confident, uh, but also doing things the right way, um, the business is set up to fall. So that's probably the third thing I want to say to you. Mark, that's fabulous. Now, I've not told you about, well, I've not told you any of this, really. We're making it up as we go along. We have a little quiz I love quizzes. Quiz. What is your favourite quiz? What are you enjoying at the moment? We do a bit of pub quiz at our church. Oh. Yeah, we do one every month on our Thursday. Another pub quiz. Yeah. What's your specialist subject? Got to be cars or music from the seventies. Okay. Well, we're going to put you on the spot here. Three um, car-related questions. One you should know. Two you probably might. And the other one I think you could probably guess. Um, so, how many cars are produced every day in the world? Well, there's two and a half million cars a year sold in the UK. There's 20 million in Europe, so I'm guessing there's probably going to be, Steve. Now, I'm going to tell you there's 80 million cars a year sold in the world. Well, so, every day, production, yeah. that's going to be, uh, be 230,000 cars a day. 165,000 produced every day. Well, I was 25% out. Right. Come on. Let's you know, Diane Abbott struggles. Mark Mitchell struggles. Not a problem. I'll put you on the spot here. Um, what's the number on Herbie? You know Herbie, the, the VW Beetle? 53. Close, but no cigar. Yeah. And finally, the most stolen car in the world. Do you know what it is? Escort Escort 3i. Honda Accord. Get out of here. Is that I, right? Yeah, I'd better get out of here, actually. Thank Mark Mitchell, thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you, Steve. Donald Trump here, leader of the free world. Speaking of free, you're listening to the Man Up Podcast. In the latest bumper edition of Sorted magazine, big name exclusive interviews, Hollywood A-listers, TV adventurer Bear Grylls, inspirational true life stories, adrenaline-fueled sports features, all this plus gadgets, entertainment, motoring, movies and technology, plus probably the greatest team of Christian writers ever assembled. Available now from high street retailers nationwide or visit sortedmag.com. Sorted for men for life. So let's get back to Governor B and chat more about his phenomenal music career and his new book, Unpopular Culture. Hey, this is Sylvester Stallone, and I play it tough. 
You're listening to the Sword of Man Up podcast. This is what we do. So here we are. We've been unpopular with yeah. the governor, Governor B. He's here in the hood. Oh, is it in the, <laughs> are we in the hood or in the yard? Yeah, we're in the yard, in the hood. So where's oh neighbour? So the yard's house. The yard's house, and the yard's in the hood. Oh come which on! Which is the area? I'm doing all right with all this, aren't I? Yeah, I'm pretty impressed. You're making an effort, and that's the most. Thank important you, thing. mate. It's, it's lovely, lovely to <laughs> chat to you. And we heard about your story earlier in the podcast. Um, so where did the music come from? Um, so literally, my family are probably those annoying neighbours that are just playing music at ridiculous times and at ridiculous levels. So I grew up with my parents playing like Cool and the Gang, um, the Jacksons, Ron Canoli, Kurt Franklin, that kind of stuff. So I always, I was always into music and then as I got older, developed my own taste. Um, like 50 Cent and Eminem, a lot of rap music and hip hop and grime music. Um, and I never really told my friend this, but I loved a bit of Spice Girls, that kind of Come stuff. On, didn't we all? <laughs> a few guilty pleasures. Do you know what? I was listening to a little bit of Viva Forever today. <laughs> I used to use that as my playoff music. Yeah, no, it's classic stuff, man. Great British music. Um, but then I realised that um, when I became a Christian, I was rapping about like, guns and money and girls because that's what I had been listening to. But in reality, I didn't have a gun, I didn't do drugs and definitely didn't get any girls either. So I thought, <laughs> why don't I rap about a life that I'm actually living? Um, so I started rapping about my faith and it just went from there really. And I kind of dropped out a lot of the the kind of negative hip-hop that I'd been listening to. Because every time I listened to someone like Eminem, it made me want to like punch my mum or something like that. And just made me really angry. And I thought, this is not good for me. Yeah. Um, so I just switched it around really and started filling my mind with more more positive things and your faith and uh, these positive lyrics didn't didn't affect you in a detrimental way in terms of success did it i mean you, you became very successful yeah. in the christian world but in the secular world as well you won awards and a mobile award yeah it's it's weird because i thought making this kind of music the, the positive music would mean that certain opportunities wouldn't come my way um but actually i found that in being who god had created me to be um, I kind of stood out from the rest, so um, it put me in good stead. So I kind of won a couple of mobos, got sponsored by Adidas, and had the opportunity to tour across the whole world. Um, and I think back to what I thought would be successful when it was rapping about all that rubbish, and thought that would get me to certain places. But actually, it's when I embraced who I truly was and who I was created to be that that stuff came. And you know what? Even if that stuff didn't come, I found satisfaction in just being me. Um, and I always kind of define success as doing the best you can with what you've been given. And if that means you reach three people or four people, then you're doing great and you're successful in my eyes. And if it means you reach hundreds, then that's a bonus. I'm loving it. That's why they call you the governor. Yeah. <laughs> you're a wise man. You really yeah, are. It's true, man. You must have had some amazing experiences backstage in green rooms with some big stars. Yeah. Are you able to tell us any cheeky little stories? Yeah, it's been cool, man. I don't know about cheeky stories, but <laughs> I've I've had the, the opportunity to tour with people like um, Tiny Temper and, and guys like that. I've met like the Jackson Four. It was about a few yeah. months after Michael Jackson had, had passed away and Jesse J, Emily Sam. Day, Justin Bieber, lots of people really, and, and obviously some great Christian acts that I grew up listening to, like Matt Redman and Tim Hughes, and and that kind of stuff. Um, in terms of stories, 
Has it ever been embarrassing or when things get passed around that you think I don't be part of this? Oh, yeah. So the first two I went on, I won't name the artist because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> um, but <laughs> his tour manager asked me, right, you're coming on tour with us. I said, great. He said, look, do you want to kind of go home after every gig or do you want to stay in a hotel and just live that tour life to the nth degree? And I thought, if I go out on tour, I'm going to do the tour thing. So I'll stay out on the road. I do the tour bus thing, the hotel thing and that kind of stuff. Um, so the first night went well, got back to the hotel, I was in my room and the artist called my, my room and he said, oh, like, come over, we're playing a bit of FIFA, um, it'll be good man. So I thought, why not, FIFA, good at FIFA. FIFA. Are we talking slang there? Rap slang, we're talking Oh, the FIFA, game. no, the game, the game. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one word out of every five here. <laughs> <laughs> so I went over to his room, there was FIFA, they were playing that, yeah. but there was girls that would do anything that you yeah. want them to do, drugs, alcohol, that kind of thing. And at that moment, I kind of had to say, right, this is my first mainstream tour. Am I going to fall at the first hurdle and forget who I am? Or am I going to stand up for who I am and say, look, this is not really me? Um, so I decided to stand up and say, look, this is not really me. And actually, they, the artist just really respected it. And it started like a great relationship of really honest conversation, um, which is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, no real embarrassing stories, but just moments where... I could have fallen at the first hurdle. Mate, I'm loving it. And I love what you said about being a, a light, yeah. a beacon of light in these dark situations. And yeah. It is attractive to people, yeah. isn't it? We often think, oh, we're the squares here. But well, it's something different that people like. Everyone wants hope, whether they like to admit it or not. And hope looks like different things for different people. And I always say it's better to be a light than to curse the darkness. It's easy to kind of throw stones and say, oh, look at what they're doing. Oh, that's not any good. That's but very profound. Did you come up with that? Uh, Let's be a light that curse the darkness. I heard it from somewhere. That's good. Man. I give the credit to my mum. She yeah. sounds a wise woman. She's a wise woman. Um, but it's true because we can often look at people and say, oh, they're not doing things right, but we're imperfect ourselves, you know? So the best thing to do is to put light wherever you can. Love it, mate. Yeah. Tell us about this new book. Interesting title, Being Unpopular. We want to be popular, don't we? As yeah. Christians. Um, I think everyone wants to be popular, really. So the title of the book is Unpopular Culture, and it's more based around the fact that in life, growing up, I was told to look out for number one, get as much money as I could, have the latest car, buy a house, all that kind of stuff, which is great stuff, but I don't know if that's everything life is about, because when I think of my most satisfying moments, it's come from acts of giving and acts of selflessness. So when I do something for someone that can't do anything for me, that's like a real special thing and a satisfying yeah. feeling. So the book's just challenging the notion that what would life look like if we were selfless? Um, and that's not really a popular thing at the moment. So being unpopular means to have faith, be a light in those dark times, not just look out for number one, but look out for everyone. That's fabulous. Are you going to schools, yeah. colleges with this message to young yeah, people? Definitely. So I love going into schools. I myself was expelled four times at school and I wasn't really, really, I wasn't really a, nice a bad kid. kid. Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. I wasn't a bad kid, but you just get distracted and start living life as though you don't really know who you are. Um, so I go into schools because I never had a big brother. So I want to be that big brother for younger people and say, this is where I made my mistakes and you're special and you're unique and the world's a pretty messed up place, but you've got something to give to it and you can impact culture. Great, mate. It's been fabulous having you in, hood. So Governor B, last question. We're out of time. I've got to take my medication. We've got to get you back to Angering on that train, <laughs> back, to, back to London town. 
Um, if you could offer one piece of advice, you could do two if you like, we like you. Yeah. Uh, one piece of advice to the younger generation of today, what would it be? I think I'd say that um, all you've got to do is switch on the news to realise that the world's a, a pretty dark place at the moment and that can easily become an overwhelming feeling. So I'd say wherever you're at in your life with whoever your loved ones are, just keep spreading love, you know, love yourself, love your neighbour, love your family, your friends and love your enemies because I feel that love is the only way that will overcome darkness and overcome evil. And the second bit of advice I'd give is to find out why you're here. I don't think anyone's here by accident, but I think we're here because we've got something unique to give to the world. So find out why you're here and do it to the best of your ability. I know that sounds really flippant, but some quick little clues. Uh, Find out what you enjoy doing. If you're really passionate about um, a situation or a struggle in life like homelessness or human trafficking or whatever, maybe you're meant to be doing something around that and maybe you're naturally gifted at something um, like rap or football or science or medicine, whatever it is, find out what you're here for and do that to the best of your ability. Fabulous advice. Cheers, buddy. Well, everyone, that's about it for now. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. A huge thank you as ever to my special guests. It's always great fun to get together with my old mate, Mark Mitchell. There were some real nuggets of gold in our chat to help anyone in business or budding entrepreneurs starting out. It's the details that matter. I like that, mate. And it was great being with a legendary Governor B. He's a West Ham fan, but we won't hold that against him. It really was inspirational spending some time with him. It was refreshing to hear how we shouldn't become so obsessed with success that we become self-centred and uncompassionate towards others. And that ties in nicely with what Mark was saying about looking after customers and staff. I flipping love the way Governor B's not conformed in an industry that promotes drugs, violence, sex and misogyny, but is instead there as a beacon of light. Good on you, mate. You're doing a fabulous job. Until next time, this is Steve Legg and friends on the Sorted Man Up podcast. Do encourage your mates to subscribe and download and share on Facebook and Twitter. Help us to get the words out. See you next time. That was the Man Up podcast. They'll be back. listening to the Man Up Podcast from Sorted Magazine, recorded, edited, and delivered by flagshiprecording.com.